we've been talking about over the last handful of weeks <clears throat> being in a growing relationship with the church. And as, we, as we've been walking through that, uh, I felt like I needed to, to pause, if, if I could use that word figuratively. Um, we, could, we could pause for a second and talk about something that I think uh, is a roadblock to growing, um, number one, in life. You and I will not grow in life if we can't get a handle on what we're going to talk about today. We will not grow in our relationships with the people around us. We will not grow in our relationship with Jesus. We will not grow in our relationship with the church. It will stunt our growth. It stops us dead in our tracks being able to grow. We don't get a handle on this one thing. I affectionately am going to call the next handful of weeks that, that we're going to be talking about this triggered. And it has to do with what I think is wi like widely happening in society. And it has to do with getting offended. It has to do with dealing with offense. I believe we're living in a, in a day and age where if you don't have to search very far. When I go onto my social media, I'm either going to see a wild representation of all the perfect aspects of someone's life, or I'm going to hear about the 101 ways that the drive through clerk at X restaurant offended them. I'm going to hear about how the elected official that sits in an office in politics offended them. I'm going to hear about how their neighbor offended them. I'm going to hear, and listen, and this isn't just you, this is me. This morning, what I'm going to do, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to share some of the things that happened in my life and how I, offense has worked in my life, but I don't feel like this is a topic we can talk about just today and move on from. Today I'm going to describe what this means, what offense means, and next week we're going to talk about what happens. What are some signs that maybe you, you're walking as an offended person, and how that harms your life, how that harms my life when I, when I decide to have a relationship with offense. Okay, So let's jump in. 2 Kings, I'm going to read this story. There's this guy named Naaman that we're going to read about. Naaman was a, was a great, great, great leader. And he worked for a king. And uh, he had one, Naaman had one small hiccup, one little problem. He had something called leprosy. And it was a disease that was highly contagious and people were outed from society and were put out uh, in different parts of land that were sent outside of the city walls. Um, some people were killed because of it. And here's this guy, he had leprous, and it's just, it was this disease on the skin, and it would just basically destroy your flesh. And Naaman has leprosy. He wants to be cured from leprosy. And we're going to read this story really quick about what happens to Naaman, this great man. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, this little girl says to, the mistress, says to Naaman's wife, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. It's, it, it's this idea, this little girl says, if, if only Naaman could see the face of my God. If, if Naaman could only hear the voice of my God. 
he would be cured. So Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Now imagine you and your kingdom and queendom, because, you know, men, kingdom, women, queendom. So your home, it's your kingdom and your queendom, right? So equal opportunity homeowners here, or renter, whatever, you, like everyone, kingdom, queendom. Imagine you're in your little king queendom and your neighbor has something going on across the street. And from their kingdom or queendom, they send a letter and say, hey, uh, and they, to, to you, you're delivered. It's like, hey, uh, we're sending our kid over to you so that you can heal them. You'd be like, what? Can you, I mean, can you imagine like the, some of you, like, that's ridiculous, shut the door. Some of you would feel the weight. If you're the sort of person that takes high responsibility for everything, you would now feel responsible for the health and the life of this, of this person now, wouldn't you? The king of Israel now has been given this burden like, okay, here's my servant, heal him. And this is what the king says. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can, can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? Like, he's trying to pick a fight with me. Like, what are you trying to pick a fight with me or something? Like, that's what the king of it, you know, he's like, what are you doing? You're trying to pick a fight with me, huh? Like, I don't know why in my mind the king of Israel is from New York, but anyway. <laughs> kind of worked though, didn't it? Hey, what are you doing? Huh? I don't, okay. When Elisha... The man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes. He sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. And so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. Now, here comes you know, goes, go, go to Elisha. So the great man, the great warrior Naaman comes. He's got all, he brings a bunch of riches. He brings a letter from the king because he's a great guy. He's a great man. He's got power. Like, you know, he deserves, there's an entitlement that he has. I brought the letter. I brought the silver. I brought the gold. And look at my entourage. Did you know, like he's got an entourage. And when you bring your entourage, that also gives you entitlement. And he's like, I'm going to show up at Elisha's house and I, I have a demand. There's something, I have an expectation and I want something to happen. And I'm a great man, so I want a great response. And what was Elisha's response? Elisha doesn't even come out of the house. Elisha's like, uh, hey servant, could you go talk to the dude who thinks he's a great man with leprosy and make sure he knows that he's a leper that happens to be a great man? And could you go tell him that what he needs to do is simply just go wash down on the Jordan? Name is about to get hot. Right? But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord God. 
wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. There's no leprosy here. May the force be with you. Like, Are not Abana, far part of the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and he went off in a rage. You know what happens when you and I get offended? We start making ridiculous statements. Well, pfft, these, my car's newer than your car. At least my rivers are better than your rivers. Couldn't I just go wash in those? Jordan. At least my city's better than yours. At least my kids are better than yours. At least that's what the sticker on the back of my car says. Because my kid was student of the month. I know that everyone gets that sticker. But my, they really meant it with my kid. It wasn't just participation. They're special. Yeah, they are. That's what everyone says. They agree. Special kids come from special parents. So do undisciplined children come from undisciplined parents. This is not a parenting conference, but I'll let that one just rest. What happens? He, he, begin, he, begin, he, he makes it personal, and he starts saying ridiculous things. Do you know when you and I get offended, we start saying the silliest things, don't we? Like, we, 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 we all of a sudden, like, we go into attack mode. When we're offended, then we, become, then we start becoming defensive. And we just start saying things. And like, if you could record what you said and play it back, you'd be like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I'm like arguing with my wife. She's like, do you even hear yourself right now? You don't make any sense. I'm like, I make perfect sense. And I try to like linearly lay and She's just like looking at me like, you're proving your stupidity. That's what you're, that's what you're laying out for me. You're laying out a conviction of stupid. So he turns and he goes off in a rage. He's offended. He's offended because you didn't meet me. You didn't, you didn't match my expectation. He's offended because I'm great and I'm entitled and you didn't even come out and, and say hi to me. He's offended because he wanted some great, oh, like maybe the God with magic wand hand. Whoa, no leprosy, you know, and all this stuff. And it didn't happen. He gets offended. Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? It's really hard when you're offended to have the humility to listen to somebody that you perceive as lower or less than you. So Naaman's servant comes and basically says, like, Hey, dude, you could have done this big great thing, but like, I'm just trying to reason with you here. This is actually really simple. Just go wash in the stupid river, dude. But when you're offended, like you just, it's hard to hear that. You may know, you may know that you're an offended person as if when correction comes, you get defensive. Feedback for you is like a fight. So he went down and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. I want to tell you that every one of us in life are going to deal 
with offensive things. We're going to. It's going to happen. I was so offended the other night. The neighbors down the street decided to have this birthday party, which I didn't know was a birthday party at the time. It was just a party, and there's probably 100 kids outside in the street throwing trash everywhere, drag racing, screaming, being loud. And I'm like, what is going on? It's offensive. Somebody's going to say something to you. It's going to offend your faith. It's going to offend your gender. It's going to offend your family. It's going to offend the place you... It, it's, there's so many things that can happen. And I'm here to tell you that you and I are going to deal with offenses. But they're a trap. I want you to know, number one, right now, offenses are a trap. They are a trap. Let's look at this scripture really quick. Luke 17, 1. This is the New King James Version says, Then he said to his disciples... This is, this is Jesus speaking. It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. That word offenses, offenses have multiple faces. I'm going to present to you a couple faces of offense this morning so that we have a full understanding. In this case, this word means a movable stick. Okay, a movable stick. The best way to describe this is if I have a basket, it's, it, and, and has anyone ever seen like a trap built out of a basket being hinged with a stick propping it up? You know what I'm talking about? And what happens? Little varmint crawls in there, hits the stick, and what happens? Now it's trapped, right? The word offense is actually describes that stick, the movable stick. Uh, you and I would call a trigger. Do you know how prevalent that word is in society? Oh, I was triggered. You know, it really triggered me the other day. You know, I was talking to this person, and they just, and they said this, and it just, it, tri it, it triggered me. I just don't know how to handle this. You know, I was triggered. I didn't, I, you know, I, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry, you know, I was just, I was really triggered when you took that parking space and I own, I own that. I paid for, I own. There should be like a plaque. I park in that space every time. I was triggered when I walked into church and you were sitting in my seat because I sit in that seat every single Sunday that I decide to show up. It's just not all the time. But when I do show up, when I do show up, I, 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 I'm triggered by the fact that you're sitting in my seat. I'm, I'm triggered now. Did you, can I tell you right now that everyone's triggered? We're living in 2019 in a world where everyone's triggered. And if you're not triggered, you're triggered about the fact that other people are triggered. You're offended at other people being offended. And if you're not offended by that, you're going to get offended because someone's going to make the point that you might be offended and that's going to offend you that you don't feel like you're offended and someone's telling you that you're offended. And right now, we're just all walking around offended. We can't have any conversation because if I say one word to you, it's like, oh, you're a bigot. I'm offended. Right? I love Jesus. Homophobe. Can, can I be real? Th this is what we're dealing with. Everyone's triggered. Scripture tells me. You and I are going to deal with offensive things. It's what we do with it. See, Offenses are guaranteed, but we don't have to be offended. And, and this is the difference. 
An offense is something in this scripture, the word this word, it says it should come. It, the scripture is saying that they're going to come and go. Offenses are going to enter your pathway and leave your pathway. If we could trust the fact that they're going to come and go, we could stand back and not actually become partners with, but this is what we do. An offense enters our pathway. We pick it up and go, oh, I think I want to make this part of me. And we put it in our pocket and we begin walking with it. Now we take the offense and now we're walking as the offended. It becomes our identity. You know how I know? I am what? Offended. No, I'm Pat. But now I decided that I am offended. Now I become the person named offended. I'm offended. I'm triggered. And if I am offended, that means I can only replicate offense. Because you will always duplicate who you are. So what happens is, I am now, the, the shift is, offenses will come and go. We pick them up and we say, mm, I am. I am offended. Who are you? Offended. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, offended. <laughs> I'm triggered. Nice to meet you, triggered. Acts 24, 16. This is Paul speaking. He says, This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. I started to have a conscience without offense. That word offense means stumbling block. I strive to have a conscience without a stumbling block. What he's saying here is, I strive to not trip myself up by partnering with offense. Let me back up. Oftentimes in my life, when I look at the history of my life, I look at the history of what was once and the offenses that happened in my life. I partnered with those offenses and I became offended. And when I became offended, I actually allowed those offenses that I now carry to be the stumbling blocks that I trip over in my own life. The people aren't, listen, I'm 46 years old. The things that I went through as a child, those people aren't walking alongside of me throwing stumbling blocks in front of me any longer, are they? No, you know what I'm doing? I'm throwing them in front of myself. You know why? Because I partnered with the offense. Paul's saying, I'm going to do everything I can to not throw offenses in front of myself and become my own stumbling block. And I don't want any of those things there because they impede me. They get between me and people and me and God. So we become our own stumbling block when we partner with offenses. We, we, but we want to put, we want to say, see, all of a sudden there's like this victim mindset comes in and we just go, no, I'm a victim. You, you actually did it. It's their fault. They made me do it. Who made you do what? You're a kid. Your parents ever say to you, like, why did you do that? Well, they made me do it. Did they like have a gun to your head? Well, No. They say they were going to harm you if you didn't do it. No. If 
by the way, you still have a choice. Right? Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. I'm going to read it in the King James. I'm going to break it down a little bit. Proverbs 19.11 in the King James says, The discretion. Discretion is the knowledge, the intelligence or the knowledge of a man deferreth his anger. Did Naaman, did Naaman defer his anger? Well, what does the word deferreth mean? To make long prolong, to de- cause delay, to draw out. Or did Naaman, was, was Naaman like, he was living on like a hair trigger. He was like, you say one, you say one word to me, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. How many times do you, do you and I walk through life and we're just like, we're, 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 we're carrying offense so much that someone doesn't even need to really say anything to us. They just look at us the wrong way. And we're like, you want to fight? I'm trying to buy In-N-Out the other day. This guy comes. Have you ever been to In-N-Out off Las Postas with Chick-fil-A at the same time when everyone's trying to feed their family? Woo! You want to get triggered. Just go hang out over there and try to get in one of those lines. And this dude cut in front of all these people and tries to come this other way and starts screaming. at because. And, and I was like, hey, bro, like all these people are waiting. Because I don't really care if you don't want me to say something. And this dude was like Naaman, lost his mind. Starts screaming, I was here first, I was here first, I was here first. Everyone in the parking lot is yelling at this dude. And I just politely looked at him and I said, sir, you're going to have a cardiac arrest here. And if you keep talking, I might help. Because I was offended. You triggered, you're triggering me right now. The discretion of a man defers his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression or an offense. Now, I, I want to talk about this real quick. Here's another face of offense. Offense can also mean rebellion or sin. Some people, sometimes things become offensive, and it's inadvertent. Like, I think we can all admit that. Sometimes you offend people and it's inadvertent. You say something, you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea, right? That happens. Conversely, it's going to happen to you. Sometimes it's downright sin. It's sinful from the other person or maybe you offend people and it's downright sinful. Like you just are like, okay, I'm going to push. I was right on the edge. I was like, I'm about to push this dude. I'm about to take my triggeredness and help trigger him to a great, you know what I mean? And we can kind of become like manipulative and we can do it with a smile I'm just, I'm just trying to help you off the cliff. <laughs> but it becomes my glory to pass over. This word pass over is to cross a stream, to go away, to depart, to get over. So you come to me and you're like, Pastor, I just did this most offensive thing and, you know, and now I'm offended and I just can't. And I, I just, and, I, and I don't know what to do and I'm just so angry and it triggered me. And now I can't, I can't live thinking about this. Like it's consuming you. And I say to you, you, okay, here's my wise counsel. Get over it. And 
and you're like, I went to the pastor. I don't even know what to do. I told him that this offensive thing happened. I was offended. He told me to get over it. Now I'm offended that he didn't think that I was offended. And now I said, get over it. I'm so offended. But it's biblical. I want, hold on. (laughs) I want all of us to understand this. Get over it means to pass over. Oh, in the Old Testament, there is something that, that, that the Jews were celebrating called Passover. What was Jesus, what, what, what was God's whole point? I want to pass over your offense. You, I can choose to partner with your offense. With your, I can choose to partner and become a partner of the sin that you carry. But I'm choosing to get over it by passing over your home. And so there was this whole story in the Old Testament about the Passover. Anyone who had, they took and they marked their house with blood. Getting the angel of death knew to pass over. And this is what God's saying to us. Guys, you have been given the power to pass over. To tra- it means to transition. To actually move from the place of being offended to another place. Okay, I'm on this side of the river. There's a river of offense in life that we're always gonna deal with. There's a river of hatred. There's a river of hurt. There's a river of pride. There's a river of offense. And we can choose to stand over here where all the offended people stand, where they've decided to put roots, where they've decided to complain, where they've decided to live, where they've decided to die, because that's what's gonna happen. We can choose to stay there, or we can choose to pass over the river of offense and get to the other side. Get over it. I can't even hear what you're saying now because I got stuck on get over it. I'm still offended. Guys, I'm not poking fun. It's funny. But it's funny when you're, when you're sitting and listening to it. Isn't it funny? But when you're offended, you're just like, everything's on fire. So it becomes my choice to pass over. Can I? This is the other thing I realized in in, in my own life. That offense is nothing more than pride. That's all it is. That's all it is. So it becomes my choice to stand on this side of the street. It became, there was a point in my life where I had to make the decision that am I going to stand on this side of the stream of maintaining my offense and partnering with being offended and while doing so, completely destroying everything around me. That's a win, said no one. Or am I going to get over the transgression instead of partnering with the offense being offended, am I going to partner with grace and forgiveness? And I'm going to tell you something. That's where love wins. That's where love wins. And in Naaman's life, what he was dealing with, he's dealing with this affliction. He's dealing with this thing. Some of the offenses that you and I decide to carry, maybe they're not visible like leprosy. 
Maybe the afflictions that we decide to hold on to and partner with, maybe the rest of the world can't see, but in Naaman's life, they could see his affliction. And it was visible. And he was deciding, I'd rather live in my affliction than live in God's affection. I'd rather live afflicted by the things and all of the stuff than live affected by God's love. But it becomes my choice to partner with that. It becomes my choice to make the decision. It's no one else's choice, by the way. But you don't understand what they did to me. I get it. We all have a story. I understand. I'm not saying those things didn't occur. I'm not saying those things will not occur. I'm saying we get to choose who we are going to partner with. The other day, I'm, I'm, talking to, I'm talking to my wife. Our kids are going 100 different places. We're dealing with a bunch of stuff. We get to the end of our week, and we're just ready to, like, it's Friday. We have a like, family day. We're hanging out. We go to bed. It's like 10 o'clock, and there's this massive party going on down the street. And it's loud. My wife's asleep. It wakes her up, wakes the baby up. One of my other kids comes walking to the door. Dad, these kids are so loud outside. So I came out of my bedroom down the hallway. And I was like, right now, I'm like skating on the river and I'm about to fall off on the side over here and so I went to the window and this group of kids are standing right outside my daughter's window by our cars so I thought probably the most gentle loving thing to do and I'm not a quiet dude I said hey Everything stopped. Shut up! In Jesus' name. They all dropped their juice boxes. <laughs> so I'm calling the cops. I grabbed my cell phone. I wasn't completely dressed. I had a pair of shorts. That was it. But now I was triggered. So I went downstairs. My 85-year-old mother-in-law is up. She's walking around with her walker. Uh, hey. Hey, son-in-law, what's going on? Little sweet little Hawaiian lady. What's going on? Is everything okay? Are the babies okay? Everything's fine. I go out the door. 
I'm on the phone with the cops. I'm standing there. These two girls are walking by. I said, hey! Because I thought that was probably the most appropriate thing to do to these two small children <laughs> with no clothes on. That's offensive. I said, are you in high school or are you in college? We're in high school. And the one girl said, just keep walking. Just keep walking. <laughs> and the other, girl, the other girl was starting to say something to me, right? And I was like. You know what I mean? When you get offended, you start picking up steam. And then your ego starts to inflate, and then I was just like, yeah. Come on, I know you're like 14, but I could I'll take both of you out. I, I live with seven of you. I know how to fight the way that you fight. And the girl, she just couldn't listen. She turned around, she said, good, I'm glad you called the cops. That party's super lame. And I was like, bye, Visco girls. Two of you know what that means. Yesterday, my wife realized there was trash in the street. She said, and I said, yeah, it's trash from those kids that were outside. See, I had, I had repented and I had crossed the river. Shander was building a mansion on this side of the river. She said, is that trash really from them? I said, oh, oh no, it ain't. Like, and I was like, uh-oh. She goes out the front door. I was like, all right, we are in trouble. Her, her mom, where's Shander going? I said, uh, she's going to have a conversation with the neighbor down the street. And she knocked on the door, and the dad answers the door. She said, um, I got a few things to tell you. And so she told him. And then she said, now you're told. Because I won't fill in what she told him. But it was something like, I understand, but this is ridiculous. So get your kids up and tell them to go pick up all the trash all over our street. So 10 minutes later, the girl's picking up the trash. I'm not kidding you. I'm getting ready to come out before our last service. And my wife's text messaging me. And she was like, hey, I'm researching online right now for a megaphone. I was like, for what? She's like, the next time they have a party, she's going to be like, whoop, 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 whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Everyone leave the scene. Whoop, 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 whoop. How you like me now? She's like, I'm going to walk outside. She's like, I'm going to have my hair all up, like looking all tore, and be like, whoop, 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 whoop. Everybody get out. Everybody leave the scene. Police are on their way. Nothing to see here. My wife, she's a sweet, she is a sweet person. <clears throat> but, it, it, but, but it's interesting because her and I are talking and it's like her heart became overwhelmed as she, tra as she made the transition. Now she's thinking about, now, she, now it's truth. She sends me a text message. She goes, God's actually breaking my heart 
And I was like, I'm like reading this, like, what? She's like, how do I love these young girls? It was a 16-year-old birthday party. I'm not saying that you and I aren't going to fail at times. But sometimes I think it's how fast can we get through this transition? It's not about perfection. It's, ah, man, ah, yeah, but I still want the megaphone. Because <laughs> it can be a next time. Okay. <laughs> See, offense always has an agenda, doesn't it? See, because if offense is sin, sin always has an agenda. Sin has an author. Satan fell from heaven like lightning. Why? Because he was offended. What was he offended at? He was offended at the fact that God was getting all the glory. He was offended at the fact that God was getting all the worship. He was offended at the fact that he wasn't as great as God. He was offended at the fact that he couldn't have all of creation worship him. So what did he do? Pride sets in. He becomes offended and God's like, sorry, bro. But offense can't live where love wins. And I am a God of love. So you've got to go. And the enemy now spends our existence. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's the offense. Or be, being offended in an offense has one purpose. One. To destroy. The enemy is miserable as an offended being that was created by God and wants you and I to join in that misery and wants to do anything possible to put a barrier between us and what God wants to do. And God wants to dismantle that. And God was willing to not be offended by our rebellion. And Jesus was willing to not be offended by our rebellion. And so he became, Jesus became the Passover lamb that would die on a cross so love could win. So Naaman could go down to the water and wash and be cleansed so that you and I could come to the water and wash and be cleansed. Why? Because love doesn't keep record of wrongs. That's what it says. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, Naaman, Pat. It keeps no record of wrongs. Why do I always bank on the fact that you're going to offend me again? You know why? I'm not keeping record of wrongs, but in case it happens again, you're keeping record of wrongs. That's why you're basing my future on my past. And Jesus is like, no, no, your past is erased and gone. Because when love wins, it doesn't keep record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, always hopes, perseveres. Love never fails. But here's the problem. Love will not win when I decide to partner with offense. Pat, you said love never fails. No, 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 no. Love has the power to win. It just won't win. 
there's a difference between can and will. Can is the ability. Will is the ability of that thing being put into action. Love can win, it just won't win. Did you know that we play a part in that? Who had, okay, <clears throat> Naaman's like, Naaman's like, hey, <clears throat> I want you to deal and I want you to restore my life. I want you to deal with all the things going on, deal with my affliction, deal with my offenses. And the way I want you to deal with it is I want you just to wave a magic wand. Wave your hand, Elisha. And what's, what's God saying to him? Man of God, woman of God, you have a part to play. I could wave my hand, but instead I'm asking you to be a partner in what I'm doing instead of a partner in the affliction. So you have to actually get up yourself, walk yourself to the water and put yourself in the water and wash yourself. You have to be active. So it's not that love can't win, it's that it won't win. Because I'm the active participant of saying, yes, God, you win. Naaman said, yes, God, you win. And so he went and he cleansed himself and he's restored. In fact, he was restored to better than he should have been. So his skin was restored to that of a young child. I'm 46 years old, man. You know, you're, you're going to restore like sunspots and scars. And God wants to restore your life. Love wants to win to such a degree. God doesn't want us to partner with the offenses because it keeps us in that ugly place. It keeps us wrapped up in that, in that past. It keeps us wrapped up in that thing that happened 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And the enemy wants us walking today as if today was the day that this thing happened 30 years ago. Well, did, you, you know, did, did I ever tell you the story? It was like, you need to burn your stories. You need, to get, you need to get a new story. I need to get a new story. Here's the story. Here's the story. God is saying to you, today I'm standing on the other shoreline. I'm ready and I'm willing. I'm willing and I can. I have the power to move. Here's the story. It's your move. That's it. It's your move this morning. It's your move today. What are you going to do? It's your decision. Love will win. But it's your move this morning. Why don't you stand up? Matthew 24.10 and then many will be offended they will betray one another they will hate one another that sounds like 2019 on Facebook I'm not villainizing Facebook we don't need look at we don't need That's just a magnifying glass of what's already in our hearts, family. It's a magnifying glass that's 
It's making bigger so that we can see the things that are inside of us. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Polar opposites. At one hand, we have offense, being offended. On the other hand, we have love. Full of grace. Full of forgiveness. We have offense. Full of pride. Full of destruction. It's your move. Simple as what was being presented to Naaman, it's your move. It's your choice. Let's pray. Father, I pray over the next handful of weeks, as we talk about next week, we're going to talk about how to know if we're, we really are carrying offenses and we're, we're walking as an offended person. And then we're going to talk about the personal harms of partnering. I want, I want all of us to know, God, help us become aware of the destructive patterns and the, and the destruction that's happening in our lives because we're choosing to be offended by things. And it doesn't have to be massive things. Even the littlest, even the littlest bit of offense in our lives, even the littlest bit throws us off. So God, over the next handful of weeks, I'm going to pray that you would bring all of us to a place of just honesty and humility to be able to say, God, search my heart. This is where I'm at, family. My wife and I are sitting in a place where we're like, search my heart. Like literally every part, like search every part of me. Make known to me where I'm walking in a fence, where I'm partnering with destruction. And I don't want to walk in that. I want to love the loud, noisy kids down the street that need duct tape over their face at 10 o'clock at night. I want to love them. I want to love people that look at me sideways because of my faith. I want to love people that say things that are deeply offensive about members of our society. I want to love, I want, I want love to win, God. But I can't do that when I'm offended. So God, search my heart. That's, that's, this is the posture that I want us to take. I would begin this week by simply saying, every morning, this is the exercise, God, search my heart today. Today, would you search my heart? When you hit a moment where you start to feel that blood pressure rise, you're like, oh, about to get triggered. Stop. God, search my heart. Search my heart right now. If you're, if you're walking with pain from your past, that we don't even need to go into the future weeks. Like right now, you're dealing with things that, that offense has got such a grip on you. I want to pray for you. I want our team to be able to pray for you. I would ask that you make sure that you come and get prayer from our ministry team before you walk out of here. For the rest of us, God, empower us this week as we simply say, search our hearts. Rid our hearts of offense. God, we thank you that you weren't offended, even though we were offensive. And you passed over that stream of offense. And you landed on the side of grace and forgiveness and love. Help us do the same for others. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen.